Chapter 20 of Paul the Dauntless. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by David Leeson. Paul the Dauntless by Basil Joseph Matthews. Chapter 20 Earthquake. Quickly the lictors set about their horrible work. Slaves seized Paul and Silas and, roughly stripping off their robes, bared their backs. They were tied by their hands to the whipping post. The crowd, all eager to see these wandering Jews thrashed, gathered round. The bundles of rods were unstrapped. Throwing back the sleeve of his right arm for freer movement, each of the two lictors brought down his rod with cruel strokes on Paul and Silas. Every blow cut through the skin or left a livid wheel across the back. The sight of the blood flowing down caused no voice to be raised to question the judgment or to plead for pity. Racked with the terrible pain, Paul and Silas felt their robes being thrown over their tortured backs. They were led out of the blazing sunlight of the Philippi Forum toward the abysmal darkness of the prison. A square building of thick windowless walls faced them. A rough strong wooden door was opened. They were thrust into the dark entrance. We can imagine the Roman soldiers laughing as they left the prison repeating to the jailer in their jeering way the words the slave girl had shouted through the city. Here are the men who show you the way of salvation. Keep them safe. The jailer took them and, because he was specially charged to keep them safe, led them into a further dungeon, pitch dark, where the jingle of chains on the ankles and wrists of groaning prisoners told the story of the misery of the place. Paul and Silas felt the clasp of the shackles snapped on to their arms. Their feet were clapped into stocks. Each shackle was attached to a chain of which the other end was fastened to a staple in the wall. The stench of the place, the groaning and oaths of the other prisoners, the dull ache of their wounded bodies, made sleep impossible to Paul and Silas. Then there came back into their minds the songs of their own people, and they remembered that though their prison was dark as the pit, it was still a place where they could talk to their God. So, as the slow hours crept on, they prayed and sang joyful songs that Paul had learned on the rooftop at Tarsus when he was a boy. The other prisoners stopped their cursing to listen to such songs as this. You that seek after God, let your heart live, for the Lord heareth the needy, and does not despise his prisoners. And again, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will we not fear, though the earth do change, and though the mountains be moved in the heart of the seas, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Then the stillness of the night was broken by a rumbling, the singing ceased, the ground rocked beneath them, the walls shook, the staples being loosened from beneath the stones, the chains fell with a clang. The stocks were wrenched open with the force of the earthquake. The pillars of the gateway shook and the hinge supports of the doors came loose. The bar across the two doors, loosened from its sockets, fell to the ground. The heavy doors swung open with a crash. The jailer by this time was wide awake. Leaping out, he saw the stars and the moon shining into the entrance of the prison. The prisoners have escaped, was his first thought. It spelt ruin for him, a Roman jailer. Death in an awful form would be meted out to him for having let his prisoners go while he slept. He snatched his short sword from its sheath and turned its point on himself. 
Another moment and he would have thrown himself upon his sword and killed himself. But a voice came upon his ear. Paul, sitting in the black darkness of the inner prison, could see the figure of the jailer standing in the open gateway, and his eyes caught the glint of the moonlight on his sword. So Paul shouted out, Do not harm yourself! We are all here! The jailer turned to the dungeon from which the voice came, but he could see nothing. Torches! Torches! he cried. As the assistants came with the lights, he rushed in and saw before him Paul and Silas. He set his men to work fastening the other prisoners. In front of him were the men after whom he had heard the girl shouting, These men show you the way of salvation! The belief that the Greeks and Jews held, that an earthquake was the act of God, was strong on him. The fear of the unseen gripped him. He remembered the cry of the slave girl. Sirs, he said, falling in terror before these prisoners of his, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, said Paul and Silas, and then you will be saved, you and your household as well. The jailer brought his wife and children to Paul, who spoke to them about Jesus. Then the jailer told his wife to get some water and oil. She hurried to do this, and he led Paul and Silas up into his house. The robes were very gently taken from their backs, and the jailer took the basin his wife handed to him, bathed the wounds, and poured healing and soothing oil on them. The whole family was then at once baptized, and they all felt overjoyed because they believed in God. A meal was quickly laid, and Paul and Silas sat down to restore their strength. As the dawn came up, the lictors marched down from the praetors with an order. "'Release these men,' they said. The jailer, delighted that his new friends were not to be imprisoned any more, went to them and said, "'The praetors have sent to release you. Come out, then, and go in peace.' He was indeed startled when he heard Paul say, No, indeed, they flogged us in public in the forum and without a trial, flogged Roman citizens. They throw us into prison, and now they are going to get rid of us secretly? Let the praetors come here themselves and take us out. It was the strangest message these lictors had ever been told to carry, or the praetors had ever received. But Paul had taken measure of the position. He knew that if it was reported to Rome that the praetors had flogged Roman citizens, the officials would not only be recalled and degraded from their positions, they would be ruined. The praetors, who had been so fussily anxious only the day before to uphold the dignity of Rome by flogging Paul and Silas, were now panic-stricken at the peril they were in of losing their own positions. They climbed down from their rostrum and went down personally to the prison to plead with Paul and Silas to leave the prison. The judges were now at the bar. The prisoner had them at his mercy. Publicly they took Paul and Silas by the hand and led them out and said, We ask you to go away from the city as we are afraid of a further riot. Paul and Silas then went to the house where they had been staying, the home of Lydia. There they cheered the other Christians, with Luke and Timothy, telling them to keep the work of spreading the message in Philippi going strongly, and to be cheerfully prepared for trouble. Lydia, their hostess, would spare no trouble to get healing oils for the wounded backs of Paul and Silas. Preparations were made for them to leave, not to turn back and cross the sea again to Troas, but to go on still further westward. 
the city of philippi as we know was at the eastward end of the great ignatian way that military way of ours as cicero proudly said which connects us with the hellespont so paul and silas who had come into the city probably in october of the year a d fifty left on a morning in the early winter of the same year riding westward along the marble road it is likely that paul had in his tunic a letter from one of the jews in philippi to a friend named jason in the city to which they were traveling chapter twenty